Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is prayer at mealtime. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, mm. I admit we pray before supper. All right. Where does this come from? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> nice. I'm sure it has deep roots, but I have never researched it. Well, let me ask you this, because you grew up not as a Lutheran. Uh-huh. Did your family pray before mealtime? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, yes. Interesting. Uh-huh. So do you know why we do it? Do you want to know culturally why we do it or spiritually why we would do it? Start with spiritually. Well, spiritually, I think, is the deeper and the better reason. I think to slow down and to stop for a moment before eating and to give thanks for receiving something is absolutely a wonderful thing. To kind of recalibrate and retune to understand the abundance and the privilege and the gift that we have in eating a meal. Especially if you can hold some way in your heart, spoken or unspoken, to recognize or to ponder through all of the things that have to happen before you receive it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you pray a blessing of bless the hands that have made this meal possible, you're going all the way back to who put the seeds into the packet to mail it to the farmer who got it in the ground, who tended it, to the people responsible for harvesting it, for processing it, for mailing it, for stocking it on the shelves. Right? It's not just the person who cooked the meal. Uh-huh. It's all the way back to where did this food come from? And in a country that can be detached from how we receive our food. Oh, completely. I think to take a moment... And to really kind of think and give thanks, especially in a time when many people are taken advantage of to bring the food to our table Mm -hmm. and to take that moment and to pray for them, for the unknown who make it possible for this meal to be present on the table. So I think that there's a deep spiritual purpose for that. I think there's a deep reason to take that moment to reconnect to the greater picture and the greater community. If the food comes from your own garden, if the food comes from your own hands in your own space, again, that moment to take a breath and to give thanks for the ability to have done that work and to have that space and to have tended and cared for and created alongside of God and the earth, this beautiful nourishment, right? All of that is really good to do before a meal. And we're not great at slowing down for meals in the United States, (laughs) much less giving thanks for the abundance that we do have. And so I think that having that as a part of a practice, as a mealtime pause And a giving thanks can be a really beautiful thing. Now, when you're in seminary, Mm -hmm. does it ever come up? They actually didn't talk much about mealtime grace. It's in the small catechism. Mm -hmm. So there's like Luther's table blessing. But they don't actually talk about the theology of table grace. At least they didn't to me. 
I didn't ever have I'm the conversation. I'm guessing you're asked to say grace a lot. It's such a political thing. Like, it totally depends upon the situation. Really? Oh, yeah. So depending upon how different groups feel about you being ordained, sure. being a pastor, sure. either you are asked or you are definitively not asked. Oh, fascinating. Right. I'm used to the Midwest uh-huh. where you would be asked out of respect. Right. Absolutely. And that would totally be the case. And it would be a respect piece and that sort of thing. Sometimes it's here in Portland. Mm-hmm. It's more often like we're sitting down to eat together for the first time and everyone's like, oh, there's a religious person and they're a pastor. <laughs> Crap. I think they're supposed to say something before we eat something. So I've already got a bite in my I've mouth. I've already got a bite in my mouth. I'm what going am I to, hell. to do? Ah! Right. So it's a lot more angst driven. Sure. And so they might look and say, uh, do you want to say a prayer or something? Right. So there might be an awkwardness about that, which can either be fun to play with and poke at or just let nice. it go. But there are definitely times where I have been definitively not invited to be the one who's praying or invited to pray. And the temptation is to be, okay, if I don't ever want to be the one invited to do the prayer because I'm tired of being the obligatory prayer person in the uh-huh. room. huh I could go on for like 10 minutes and then they'll never ask me again. (laughs) Nice. There's no good bread, good meat, good God, let's eat. (laughs) Well, most of the time, that's kind of where I head. But that's (laughs) that's when I don't mind being the one to just kind of say, yeah, I get that we're going to mark this and that you understand that I'm a religious person and that I live my faith frequently and that I'm not afraid to live it publicly. And so I'll do what I do. Okay, so you said that Luther had a prescribed table prayer. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious because when I eat with my Catholic parents, there's one prayer. And then when I eat with my Lutheran family, there's another. Okay. Does it come from that or are we talking completely different prayers or do you have no idea? You know, I don't know. I know that different households even have different prayers that are their consistent prayers. And maybe they have a pattern that they stick with. This is just the one that they memorized or their parents memorized and passed down to them. And so you have a rhythm and a pattern that is the familiar one. I think my childhood household prayer, even though we did not go to church, Mm -hmm. was Heavenly Father, thank you for this food. Forgive us our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Right. So if I think about it too much, I can't pray it because oh, I don't totally remember not, it. Right? I've been trying to sit here and remember the two that I know and they're total blank. Total blank. You know, so there's that, but there's lots of different ones. I mean, if you go to any Christian camp and you're going to learn, there are dozens of mealtime prayers that you can use. You know what? You go back to the Midwest and pray with my husband's family and they know like 15. Right. To various tunes. Oh yeah. And various numbers of verses. Oh Yeah. Absolutely. It can be incredibly intimidating. I confess I agree, <laughs> especially because in some ways it creates insiders, outsiders. Oh, total insider baseball when you know all the different ones. Right. And that's tough. And it can be fun once people have learned it. But mm-hmm. you have to be able to welcome people in and invite them in to learn it. One that we use often here at Central because we like to sing mm-hmm. is the Be Present at Our Table, Lord. Yes, I know that one well. And we sing that one, but there's two different optional endings. Yes, there is. And it depends on kind of your background as to which one you know. Well, and if you like to sing, you're going to make an extended version of it too. (laughs) (laughs) To help people 
when we gather, say, for our Lenten meal, mm-hmm. I'll often say, are we strengthening for service or are we dining in paradise? Which are we doing? Because the words are, be present at our table, Lord, be here and everywhere adored. Your mercy's blessing grant that we, and either may strengthened for thy service be, mm-hmm. or may feast in paradise with thee. Oh, I only know the first one. And so, and those, I have to sing it in my head to get all the way through it. Right. <laughs> so those two tells you a little bit about the theology of a congregation, which one they pick. Sure. And, oh man, there's so many. There's a lot. Personally, I like the Superman one. I don't know. Thank you, God, for giving us food. (laughs) Thank you, God, for giving us food. For the food that we eat and the friends that we meet. Thank you, God, for giving us food. It's so much better than Johnny Appleseed. I'm sorry to all the Johnny Appleseed fans out there. (laughs) And that one has our motions, and it's great with kids. Fabulous. We did that one at my wedding rehearsal. I remember. Because there were kids there, and that was the one they chose. I love it. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of different options, and you can be playful with it, or you can be serious with it. You can be filled with harmony and fanciness with it. Okay, so we're talking here, home setting, and we're talking at the church, if you can pray before, some potluck or whatnot. Right. What do you do in public? (laughs) Depends on who's there. Okay. And depends on what other people are comfortable with. Right. Uh huh. So if I'm at a table and it is a church gathering and people look to me expectantly and reach out their hands. Oh yeah. You're praying. Then I'm praying. Right. And I'm not going to do like a five minute prayer because I'm aware we're in Portland (laughs) (laughs) and it's important to be respectful to your server. Right. And to not be doing this when they're trying to take your order or anything like that. But honestly, typically my way to de-escalate the discomfort of many people when we are in a public situation, but they're with a pastor, so they feel obligated to pray mm-hmm. over the meal, but they're anxious because they're kind of embarrassed about doing that in public where everybody in the restaurant can suddenly see that they are praying in public. Mm-hmm. I will honestly go, yay, God, and then dig in. Really? Yes. And that's my way of grace. Just. It doesn't grace. have to be elaborate. Doesn't have to be elaborate. Doesn't have to have 50 verses. No. Doesn't have to be a sung song. Doesn't have to be big. Just the point of it. Doesn't even have to be like a quiet, I'm going to just sit in quiet and make you feel slightly uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I am being holy in this moment now. Because mm-hmm. I'm a pastor and I already get that. People already feel that way around me often enough that I want to dispel. So by taking that moment And in my own heart, that whole practice of remembering where this came from and recognizing my abundance and that kind of a thing, that's just a part of my meal practice now. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at my food and I go, yay, God, that's what I'm rooting myself into. Is that, okay, thank you for all of this privilege and all of this gift, and I'm going to use it in a way that will change this world. But I don't have to say that to everybody. Mm -hmm. I can just let there be the grace of, yay, thank you, awesome, amazing God. And just let it go. That gives grace to people to not feel uncomfortable, but to have it recognized, right? And I'm still practicing my own grounding, Mm -hmm. but it kind of just 
de-escalates it all. Mm-hmm. On the same vein, do you pray at every meal? Nope. No? I do not. I say this uh-huh. cringing uh-huh. because I was trained enough, not that my parents did pray at every meal. We uh-huh. typically just prayed at the supper time. Uh-huh. But man, there's still that little bit of, I should be doing this at every and perhaps I'd be better person if I did. Mm, oh, that self-judgment. Yes, rules, man, rules. Yeah. How does that serve your faith? I, I don't know that it is right. necessarily. And yet it, that feeling is still there. You can practice praying before every meal and see if that makes you feel any better. I can't. Or if it just makes you feel holier than thou. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. Because that's not making you feel better either. That's just making you feel like you're holier than anybody else, right? So yeah. that's not useful. That's where I'm afraid it goes. Right. You have to find the prayer practice because at its heart, this is a prayer practice. Mm-hmm. More than it's an obligation, more than it's anything else, more than it's a societal expectation, it is a prayer practice. And so how can you develop a prayer practice of any kind, whether it be a morning prayer, evening prayer, the Catholics talk about the examine partway through the day, where you sit and you think about where God has touched your life in the day, right? All these prayer practices are just ways to refocus and recenter yourself on something bigger than you. So for some people, praying before a meal is going to be that way to pull it in and refocus, and for some, it's going to be bedtime prayer. Mm-hmm. And for some, it's going to be waking up in the morning and praying. Whatever it is that works, that gives you that ability to connect with something that is beyond yourself and to trust in something out there, that's what prayer practice is about. Then again, I am not a good person at discipline, right? In the Muslim faith, the discipline of consistent prayer is really oh, yeah. important. And so I'm not going to say that's not good. That could be perfect for you and really important. But you just have to find what is the kind of practice that is the most helpful and the most meaningful for your own spiritual life. And then let all the shoulds, just let them go. Doesn't matter. No. Shoulds are not helpful. No. Okay, my last question to you is this. Mm-hmm. What is your normal meal prayer? And I really want it to be the Superman one. It's not. <laughs> it's the yay God. Okay. That is my normal mealtime prayer. Nice. I use that often. Often. That's fabulous. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about prayer at mealtime. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for joining us. We would encourage you to leave us a review at iTunes or send us an email at podcast at centralportland.org. Write to us on Facebook. What are some of your favorite mealtime prayers? It would be really wonderful to hear. Or even send us a video of you doing the Superman prayer. Please. Please. (laughs) Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.